HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This piece was brought to you by Roberta's, robertaspizza.com. I'm Damon Bolte, host of The Speakeasy. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. We're back here in Bushwick, Brooklyn, streaming live on the Heritage Radio Network. Art Census, this is seizures. It's the first day of spring, and of course, it's going to snow. Uh, <laughs> the weather is just getting uh, weirder and wilder. But, Jack uh, Edward Martin, you don't need a weatherman to know which way the wind blows. Our special <laughs> guest here today is the Bob Dylan Death Watch. Well, actually, I, it's... Jack Martin's Bob Dylan Death Watch. Jack Martin's Bob Dylan Death Watch. <laughs> featuring, <laughs> featuring Jude Weber and presenting Rebecca Robertson. Uh, the special appearance by Eric Reed, who's the gentleman who plays drums with us, who is serving coffee to... Uh, He's serving time. <laughs> He's serving time. <laughs> well, yeah. well, if the man don't sell, sell the myth. Exactly. It worked for Liberty Valance. It worked for Bob Dylan. And now it's working for you, uh, Jack Martin's Bob Dylan Death Watch uh, Explosion Project and uh, Band and Show. All right. So, um, yeah. What's going <laughs> to Bob Dylan Death Watch? I'm just worried that when he dies, you're going to have to rename your band. We've already thought about that. <laughs> You've got a contingency? Once poor Bob goes, it's going to be Jack Martin's Bob Dylan Death March. Which can go, <laughs> go to the end of time on that one. Well, I, I do worry a little bit. Uh, I did hear a rumor that Bob Dylan was getting back together, though. Bob Dylan was getting back together? <laughs> oh, he's got, he's got it together. He's got it together. Yeah, got it together uh, plenty. He's reinvented himself for, you know, yeah, I have no. As someone who's also a fan of the '80s records, who I turned Jude on to when we lived together, hey, we could talk about '80s Dylan because that's a very underrated time in his career. I mean, he has a sort of uh, Silvio, the ugliest girl in the world. 
<laughs> well, those gospel shows, you know, I mean, those Christian records are a underrated. Shot of Love's a great record, but the performances he was putting on at the time were, were amazing. Oh yeah, I, I mean, those gigs were out of control. I mean, I mean, never seen him so spirited. Yeah, I, and he was traveling with Dobermans. Oh, was he? So I've heard. Oh yeah, were you the one that was telling me about a, that? It was all actually it was friends of ours who were here. Um, who had witnessed to the, the gospel era, and apparently Bob was just obsessively reading the Bible and just doing a bunch of marching powder. <laughs> Biblical quantities. Yeah, I don't exactly. doubt. Well, dude, he's still reading the Bible, obviously. If yeah, you but listen to any of his records, and you know, I mean, that's it. He's you know, he's got one on those big stands. I'm sure, you know, in, in his living room. But I mean, that's a you know, that's, that's a pretty good book, actually. Um, it, it is. Uh, it is. A, it is a good book. Yeah. But it's not the only book. But that's what you did before co uh, before the internet. You do a bunch of blow and then read the Bible. Nowadays, you do a bunch of blow. <laughs> you get online and look up ghost photography. <laughs> Or listen to Bob, or listen to Bob Dylan. <laughs> exactly. They got they got bootleg versions of Elston Gunn on YouTube. Oh, all right, Arts and Seizures, the boot the bootleg edition. Um, I think we got someone's cell phone going going off. But, no, uh, that's Jude's. No, that's the cell phone. All right, guys. Uh, tell you what, give that thing a kick, and why don't we start off with a with a, with a song? Let's get the Death Watch started. Okay. Do you want to? Bob Dylan's with? Jack Martin Death Watch. This is a sweet. <laughs> This is a sweet song written by Fernando Pessoa, who is a uh, Portuguese poet who split up his personality into heteronyms. And a lot of, and a lot of tunes. Casual reference. A lot of tunes. <laughs> a lot of tunes that are attributed to, to Carter family or any of the brothers um, Stanley brothers, Leuven brothers. We're actually Gibson written, brothers. Gibson brothers. They were all written by Fernando Pessoa, which a lot of people Ringling don't know. brothers. So, when this I met your Re- personal campaign, isn't it? When I met <laughs> when I met Rebecca, she taught me this song. Smile on me. 
changing me I'll be all smiles tonight, love I'll be all smiles tonight Though my heart will break tomorrow I'll be all smiles tonight Can you dig it? The Edwardian Jack Edward Martin, uh, Bob Dylan, Death Box, featuring Professor Jude Weber, and the elegant assassin Rebecca Robertson. Uh, this is true. Can you dig it? Um, you guys got any religious numbers talking about Bob and the Bible? Um, we actually do. <laughs> um, well, it's a good good time to get right with God. It's Palm Sunday, I think, and we're facing uh, Easter next next week. Um, I don't know. I'm a fucking Jew. I don't, I don't know. But, but, but Bob was a Jew, and he's got it all sorted out. It's true. Palm and, Sunday's a great story, like Jesus riding on an ass with the, the waving the palms as he comes into the gate. It's one of my favorite like New Testament stories. It's one of the it's one of the greatest <laughs> stories ever told. <laughs> uh, you know. Weird thing was last night uh, we watched the movie Titanic, uh, which which I, I adore. It I gotta tell you, I mean, I know people never believe me when I tell them how much I admire this movie. But once you get past past the really bad acting and the kind of ham fisted dialogue, you know, you know, and and the plot, which you know how it ends, and it's actually really, it's actually really good. And the really early, <laughs> really early like CEG, like but it's huge. The money shots when the propellers come out of the water and the thing mm-hmm. snaps in half. I mean, it's fucking incredible. And I was reminded, I, I somehow this slipped my mind. That Bob Dylan on his um, not his last record, but the one before Tempest, did a fourteen-minute ballad about the sinking of the Titanic. You know, and is it a new one? Tempest, you know, which was you know, I kind of tried it I, when it came out. I thought it was a little croaky. I've been having a little trouble with Bob over the last years. I mean, his, his voice is shot. I hate to say it for mm-hmm. the guy who is, and I know you agree, the greatest singer of all time. Mm-hmm. You know, I always say I don't like people who don't like Elvis, but I realize now I need to be more harsh with people who don't like Bob Dylan. Well, <laughs> I mean, listen to Desire. Like amazing, amazing, like, like consistently amazing since you know yeah. his, his first record. I mean, it was a little croaky, but then I sort of got past that a little bit, kind of like the way I got past the bad acting and <laughs> the bad dialogue <laughs> in Titanic. And I realized, you know, Tempest is a great record. And then the last record he made, which is just crooning those, you know, he says he's not covering Sinatra numbers; he's uncovering them. Yeah, and, I, well, actually, I think it's more like he's covering them with dirt. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, like there's a six foot hole, and he's just pouring that dirt in there. That's the only kind of covering because that 
that extremely peculiar phrasing and ex- extremely peculiar takes on them, but I love them. It's devastating. I want to see him the last time out, and... Um, I, when he sang Stay With Me, which is, you know, I mean, it's not it's a Sinatra song in that he sang it in, in a movie that no one watched. But yeah. I, I think I think it's uh, the best religious song, I mean, he's ever done, possibly. It's so uh, beautiful, and it's obviously, I mean, he means it so intensely when he, when he sang it, and I was pra- practically crying, much like I was at the end of the movie Titanic, when the old lady <laughs> dies and joins Leonardo DiCaprio in heaven. But, she, uh, <laughs> wait, what happens in that movie? She loses her comb or something? <laughs> it's uh, the diamond. No, the, from, the comb sends her back through the... Through the uh, trembling trajectories of time. Uh, I, it's funny. I stayed in the Jane. Does anybody remember the Jane Street Hotel? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's all fancy now. But years ago, I stayed in the Jane Street Hotel, um, which was like a weirdo SRO um, place. But it was where all the Titanic survivors landed. Oh wow! I mean, it's super fancy now. Yeah. Yeah, it's very boutiquey with, all, very with boutique-y. a lounge and. But it used to be like a a. Um, it used to be a, you know, single room occupancy style with a bat, you know, one bathroom on each mm-hmm. floor, um, and I had a weird, very very strange. old weird New York. Yeah, it was a very old weird New York style mm. experience. Have you read Bob Dylan's book? Mm-hmm. I, I think I think it's of, of uh, I think the smart thing, the genius thing about Bob Dylan's book, aside from the fact that um, he mentions Gorgeous George twice. <laughs> <laughs> which, 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 which kind of validates me as a wrestling fan, so I'm like, this is, this is great. Um, is uh, the portrait he paints of Greenwich Village at the time is yeah. positively the most vibrant uh, yeah. I, I've ever read. Well, the, the other thing about that book that the, the time being 1962 that I love too is like every the, there's a super consistency in that whole book. It's all about transitions, everything from like the that the the room with the Civil War literature. To, to being in New Orleans and with the plate of shitty French fries and like just want like everything is about like the jumping off point to another as, place. As someone who's actually writing a chapter about Archibald McLeish, uh, sort of forgotten American <laughs> poet, <laughs> the episode in which uh, Dylan goes to meet him is just hilarious to me. I love like quoting it to people because yeah. it's like you know this kind of like old tired liberal poet is like I'm writing this play. Why don't you write some music? He's like, oh, who are you? Okay, I'll come to your house. It's like <laughs> <laughs> well, back when a time when when when, when poets. We're actually, you know, had some presence in the American, you know, popular yeah. cultural oh, yeah, landscape. I mean, I, I challenge any of you to name a poet whose career started after, I don't know, let's say 1975. Billy Collins? Ann Carson? Uh, oh, that's good. Well, Billy, Billy Collins was a uh, poet laureate of the United States, right? Yeah. Uh, but not. I think he started writing before then. Okay, but that's good. I mean, I mean Charles so Simic. Collins is awesome, but... Uh, uh, what about Charles Simic? When wow. Was he, wasn't he... No, he's older too. Uh, yeah, I know, but I feel like I'm going to be Justin Wade Thomas. Oh, okay, yeah, but Justin motherfucking Justin. Okay, Wade well, Thompson. I asked him a fucking room full of bra- <laughs> brainiac beatnik, so it serves me fucking right. But um, actually, this is my segue. Speaking of Justin Wade Thompson, um, this next song, which is our religious song, um, <laughs> was written by Justin Wade Thompson, who's a, a gentleman in. He's from Seguin, Texas. Um, the jewel of the Guadalupe. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, Justin Wade Thompson, there's there's a uh, Jam Messengers who were on last um, week. We, we share a label called Sour Moon Records. And this tune that we're going to play was written by um, Mr. Justin Wade Thompson. And you can get a version of it on uh, the Boozy Cray record. All that, right. That, uh, 
I gave to you last week. <laughs> Shall we play this song? So if anybody wants to hear that record, they can come over to my house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, if you go over to his house, you got to PayPal me five bucks. <laughs> Pal. All right. So you're playing for pizza. <laughs> yeah. When we're, and we're very happy to. Um, are you ready? Do you remember this song? I don't. This one? Yeah. <laughs> Go up and steal. Devil Winston's go tooth and his chrome dome wheels. Popping, popping devil coke like it ain't no joke. Been smoking cigarettes and drinking Mexican coke. Smoking cigarettes and drinking Mexican coke. Smoking cigarettes and drinking Mexican coke. From a white man down in Winnipeg Got a little sister call her Ann Oxidine Well, she's pissing blood made out of turpentine Pissing blood made out of turpentine She's pissing blood made out of turpentine Pissing blood made out of turpentine Pissing blood made out of turpentine Crossroads with no soul to sell. Got a little magic they call the Conqueror. Well, I got a black mama and a rattlesnake too. Anytime I want, I got a rattlesnake. 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 Very special. All right. <laughs> Arts and seizures with uh, the Jack of Arts, Jack Martin, and his Bob Dylan. <laughs> oh, man. So um, if one were to try to find you all out there on the trail, you uh, troubled troubadours of today, where, where might one find you? Um, you know, we probably... <laughs> the elusive Jack Martin. <laughs> very, short, very shortly, I think we're going to be playing in a hotel that doesn't exist. It's very hard to answer this question. Isn't it? <laughs> no, it sounds like a ghost story. <laughs> we could call it, we could just describe it. We could say it's a very red room. It's we're going to be playing in a red room sometime next month. In, oh. the, in the district of the Packers of Meat. 
our our our, ba- our our um our drummer um went up to Montreal to get himself lost and found. <laughs> exactly. And I see. Are you going for the Willie McTell tuning? Is that what I'm hearing? Um, Hound Dog Taylor. Ah. Well, all right then. As I'm lazy. <laughs> um, well, it's all right. We got we got pizza while you tune, Jack. It's, it's all, yeah, all, you guys all, tell, all good. You guys tell it's a perfect Sunday afternoon, and we're eating pizza. You're tuning a guitar. This is a beautiful thing. Rebecca, tell a story. Or, or you tell a story about how <laughs> you bet met Rebecca. Ah, the mythology of <laughs> the Bob Dylan Death Watch. The origin story. I think I was hanging from an apple tree, wasn't I? I was like caught in the branches. You fished me down. I was bit by a radioactive spider, and I'm not even in the band. <laughs> Only I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I get that on TV. I can tell you my my my, my Scarlett Rivera story. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know who played? You were talking about. Um, Desire, which is you know like like a landmark Bob Dylan record. It's such a such a great record. Hurricane, you know, and one more cup of coffee and Joey. It's such a, such a great record. Um, and I did I was doing these gigs uh, with my friend Joe Bastianage, and we had done a Led Zeppelin wine tasting that was very successful, where we sort of paired wine with Led Zeppelin songs. So you want some a celebration day? You want some bubbles, right? And going to California, we're going we're going for some Chardonnay, some Oaky Chardonnay. Chardonnay, really? You know? Yeah. Well, you know, but you know what? That's that's the whole point. We can talk about it, right? So we had like six flights of wine, and um, you know, and, and talk about. But I tell you what, when we get to Kashmir, it is like a big motherfucking Barolo. Okay, it's just this big, expansive, huge fucking wine. You know that you know that lasts fourteen minutes. Are you from the West Coast? No, I'm, I'm from right here. Okay, because I think I think going to California requires something like a cava. Ah, Spanish cava. Yeah. You, you see, going to California, to me, that's the, the Joni Mitchell thing. You know, it's like I hear that and I see macrame, I smell patchouli. <laughs> you know, you know I, don't, I don't know. That's, that's like my, probably my least favorite Led Zeppelin song. You know? Sage. <laughs> I should just, I, I mean, you, you, know why, you know why hippies I'm, wear patchouli? So blind people can hate them too. <laughs> hey, what's orange and looks good on a hippie? <laughs> fire <laughs> <laughs> so we did this gig the guy that, that threw this decided he wanted to do a, after the Led Zeppelin thing which went very well and was extremely well thought out about New World Zeppelin and Old World Zeppelin and the terroir and, and the, the blues and you know and like you know medieval Europe and it, it really worked on a lot of levels like look either, look either it's like Spinal Tap of Wine or yeah. it's like incredibly you know shrewd and Robert Parker-esque next level anyway um, the guy said, we should do a Bob Dylan wine tasting. And we're like, well, that doesn't really make as much sense uh, in so many fucking ways. But it was for charity. And the band they got was a band of Bob Dylan ringers, which was really weird. They had this guy. But it was, was everyone? Like, the drummer was a Bob Dylan ringer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You think the drummer was a guy I played with him br- uh, briefly, but he was on the uh, Bob Dylan's Unplugged, uh, MTV Unplugged, which is amazing, by the way. Oh, wait, it's it's I- astonishingly good. I, I I misread that in my head, like that it was bu- like dead ringers for Bob Dylan, which is uh, even more entertaining. When you're, like it's not like Rob Stoner. No, Rob Stoner and, was in the band. Oh, awesome. Okay, Rob Stoner, who um, I, I I knew he was you know, Rolling Thunder, but he'd also had this rockabilly thing that was on the Uncle Floyd show a lot. Uh, okay, well, you which know, which is to me go, is equally as heavy as playing the Bob. We could Dylan. go. Yeah, we could go on about Uncle Floyd for. I got a book. I got a book, Uncle Floyd. It's really been my goal. I've been on the to, radio with him before, and um, to, um, I actually went to see him just a couple of years ago can in Patterson. You explain this to the rest of us who don't. Uncle <laughs> Floyd, if you don't know who Uncle <laughs> Floyd, you, is like <laughs> well, well, you're, <laughs> Uncle Floyd was a <laughs> well, you ain't from a, here. <laughs> it was a children's show. I actually had all the records. It's on the most the subversive television show in history. Yeah, it, Uncle Floyd and Oogie. Oogie was his puppet, and there was 
Looney Skip Rooney was on it, and it was a children's show. Um, well, it ostensibly looked, it, it looked, looked like, like a children's, children's show. show, but they would get loaded in the www. It was the same set as Romper Room, but then they'd have musical guests for like the Dead Boys and the, the Dead Ramones, Boys, the Ramones, and Pussy, Pussy Galore. Galore, um, and it was Misfits. Yeah, every every local punk rock band. Peter Tork, Blotto. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Looney Skip Rooney, Uncle Floyd, and, they'd, and he'd always do personal appearances back in the day. It was on Channel 68, yep. which is a local uh, UHF channel. I mean, pre-cable, right after pre-cable the Hercules days. cartoon. And, uh, you know, they would do these shows in this sort of punk rock following. It was very, very funny. I remember Looney Skip Rooney. I went with the only uh, other punk rocker I knew in high school, this girl, Purple Hair, who was, you know, back in the day, you used to get the shit beaten out of you if you had purple hair. Yeah. You know, the other girls used to spit on her and the guys just made fun of her, and she's you know, a perfectly nice girl. She's probably like an atomic scientist. They spit right now. on her because she had purple hair. Yeah, those she are the days. Let me tell you something. If you like, those she are the is, days is consensual. when, if you were into punk rock, you got beaten up. You know? Oh my God. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just a little gender politics. <laughs> gender politics. There was a thing in the New York Post uh, yesterday, and it was a sex survey saying that uh, most Americans, you know, like more than half Americans are into something kinky. But the problem was how they define kinky, which I contend is a very suburban concept anyway. Yeah, exactly. Because, it's well, like, well, you put on some frilly underwear, and that's kinky sex. Yeah. It's like, no, that's my life. I mean, a Richard Nixon mask <laughs> with a. <laughs> Cream pie, you know, leap, you know, putting on a cape and leaping <laughs> off a dresser, screaming Batman. Yeah, that's that's my uh. That's not kinky. That's still, you know, that's still within the range of base baseline normal. But the problem was with the list that said like, okay, on the same list of what was called kinky was listed. Rubbing up against someone in a subway. Okay, that's fucking assault. That's, at yeah, least. That's fl- okay, that's okay. pedophilia, like, which is a hanging crime where I come yeah, from. Okay, not... uh, flashing yourself, which is, again, assault, harassment, at minimum. Okay, and also, like, uh, foot fetish and cross dressing, which are, you know, harm- okay. harmless, wonderful things. Whoever, whoever, look at whoever compiled that list. Look out this window, yeah. though. Needs to but that's cross dresser and have a little On the list of what's wrong with America. Putting. Okay, this is an absolute wormhole. But putting pedophilia on a list of something considered kinky yeah. is the yeah, most insane thing. It's not funny. And no, also, it's not funny at all. What happened to your brain cells? No, well, well you know, the New York, New York Post who seems to have tilted full, you know, yeah, fully hard talking, for Trump. We're talking the yeah, the New York Post here too. Uh, God, God, I mean that's kinky. Trump is kinky. God, God bless them. So anyway, <laughs> after we did this, this Bob Dylan wine days thing, which was kind of a, oh, yeah. kind of a disaster <laughs> because it doesn't work. Anyway, so the drummer was from, like, he was in his band for, like, half a second. And the singer was the ringer. He looked like Bob Dylan. He was this big Jew with curly hair and a polka dot shirt and a leather jacket. He looked just like him. And he had to get up there and, like, you know, pretend to be Bob Dylan every night. Like, like in, like, a Doors cover tribute band, cover band, right, whatever. But he was Bob Dylan. But Scarlett Rivera was his band. Rob Stoner, who was, like, Bob Dylan's sideman for many years. A very nice guy, by the way. Um... And they were like, you should heard the conversation. Okay, we're doing the Tom Petty tour sound check version. You know, this before you know, they got to like a thirty-five minute version of Desolation Row, which is hard to pair wine to. You know, it's easy, easier to pair heroin <laughs> right. than that. Anyway, I, you know, well, you could do the one where it's like yeah, the Burgundy. You started out with Burgundy, yeah. dude. Started. That could have been like a well, yeah, <laughs> a really nice Burgundy, but it one. didn't work because. First of all, they didn't get it, the band. I was telling a story about how my parents hated Bob Dylan. My mom would say, turn that shit down, you know? But I, oddly, I could be playing, you know, the Dead Kennedys, no complaint. Even Ornette Coleman, no complaint. Right. Bob Dylan, turn that shit down, because some people just don't get it. He might, he might be a vehicle. There might be a subliminal thread just enmeshed in the tone, the 
vocal tone quality because I think there's something about the way well, his tone me, hits a lot of people that if makes we're, them feel very If we're talking about kinky, we, you know, Bob Dylan's hair. <laughs> I, I finish. I finishize his voice. I finishize his voice. And anyway, he's like, um, but, but, I, I bet Scarlett. She was so nice. And I said, Oh, Mr. Ferrer. Afterwards, I'd love to have a picture taken. You know, at the bar. It was. Go, it was going good and all stuff. And. Um, uh, my girlfriend at the time says to her, she was just trying to be nice. She goes, oh, you know, you're, you're so great. I love it. You know, I mean, I got to tell you, Desire is one of my favorite records. And Scarlett just teed off. She goes, and she's trying to this like crazy gypsy in front of my eyes. She goes, honey, that's not the only fucking thing I've ever done. I got a fucking career. Don't you know? I got the Scarlett Rivera band. It was, it was like, it was like really crazy. It was really unhinged and unexpected. And my wow. poor girl was like practically left in tears. I mean, oh, and she, all she was just trying to be nice. What do you say to somebody? I feel yeah, bad. Yeah, exactly. I feel bad. You're famous for something that happened 30 years ago. And she played wonderfully, you know, that night with this, like, stupid cover band. You know, I mean, that's it. I mean, you're playing in a Bob Dylan cover band. That, I, 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 it's, it's this, I know you probably have your own thing and you're wonderful and those stories have Bob discovered. But she just really came very like, unglued. My, it was, like, and really And the scary. funny thing is, like, probably if Dylan didn't, like, pull over the taxi and pick her up to play right. on, uh-huh. on, on Desire, like, she'd probably just see, be, like, some West Village gypsy playing it, like... Uh, some place the West Village Lickers Gypsy yes yeah. so one of those places you know with with with, with bitter end yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah you know Instead, she, she's going to have a bitter end. Oh, man. It, was, it, was just, it was just, I don't, I don't know. I just, I just left just trying to, you know, you know, I, I don't know, remind myself. It was a lesson in humility somewhere in yeah. there. Well, and, you know, one of my favorite stories, similar to this, but with a different type, is a, a dear friend who used to work at PBS, and Marion Faithful was slated for an interview there, and he was a huge fan of Marion Faithful, and because um, I always like these people that you admire meetings that go terribly wrong or just they're wonderful so so, (laughs) you're like oh yeah just should have never engaged don't engage so he was really excited that she was coming so he looked through his record collection he had just moved the night before and um, couldn't find any of her records but found the girl on a motorcycle soundtrack and he was like okay this will have to do like I can't find her records does it does the audio for the um, for the interview and then comes up after shyly with the girl in the motorcycle soundtrack and is like Miss Faithful I'm a huge huge fan you know can you sign this and she takes the record she looks at it she turns it over turns it over again and looks at him and says honey I'm not even on this fucking record and he's like oh man I'm so sorry you know I just moved I, I'm working really early blah 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 and as she's signing it, she says, "Look, I got my life together. I suggest you get yours." <laughs> I'm with you, though. That I mean, it's a little bit of a badass response, but I feel like get over yourself. At a certain point, someone just wants to talk to you because they admire you. Hey. You don't need to take them down. I don't, I yeah, yeah, I yeah, didn't yeah, expect yeah. Scarlett Rivera yeah. to do a full heel turn. Well, yeah, I mean, um, that, yeah. You know, listen, you know, I mean, <laughs> burst into flame. You know. I, as I've learned from professional uh, wrestling, uh, you know, we live at the whim of our fans. You know, everybody in this room that plays music knows that, you know. Yeah, it's I just can't imagine, you know, I mean, I'm only rude on purpose. You right. know? <laughs> I mean, that's what someone once told me, that a mentor is only rude on purpose. This is true. 
All right, as and as ever, it's been the fastest half hour on the <laughs> internet today. So go find Jack uh, Mart- Martin with um, uh, Rebecca and Jew. They will be playing at an unnamed no hotel somewhere, <laughs> sometime in the past or future. It might yeah. be more difficult it, because all those names he just mentioned are in quotations. Exactly, that's true. <laughs> They're hard to find. So, um, yeah, you won't find them on your internet machine. You're just going to have to get old-fashioned card catalog style. You know, go, go, go to your... Go to your uh, Bible in the corner, like Bob does, and it's got a big thing. And uh, aren't did, we aren't we trying to play uh, on the steps of the New York Public Library? Well, it's actually we were, you know, we're we were going to play at Carnegie Deli, which is going to be a big, <laughs> <laughs> big deal. Um, <laughs> No, that's you know the last last of the great uh, Jewish Waterville <laughs> theaters. Yeah. Anyway, we're going to see you next week on Arts and Seizures, or maybe not. Next week is uh, Easter, so maybe we'll just sit back and, uh, and read the Bible. Uh, you know, and um, eat your ham and, and uh, eat eat some uh, ham and um, and that that is as my friend Patrick Martin always says the the Jewish paradox: free ham. What do you do? <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, Jack Martin's Bob Dylan Death Watch. Thanks, guys, for coming down. Thanks, to Dave, the engineer. Thanks, to everybody in Radio Land. We're Arts and Seizures and. Uh, we're going to go out with one more tune. What do you got for us? Um, this is an old American folk song.
dressed up just like an Elvis from hell. listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.